I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. I'm here with my two guys, my two co-hosts, Mr. Matt Welty. Here we are today for a fun one. Okay, his audio levels. I don't know if it's the audio levels or he's just a little more excited than usual, but all right. I like that energy. And of course, a skeptical Mr. Brendan Dunn or what? You all right? No, no, no. I'm happy to be here as per usual. But enough about me. This isn't about me. One of us had a very special occasion over the weekend. What was that? Can we talk about it, Joe? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Because I had no idea. Wealthy, did you have any idea that this was coming this past weekend? I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, he doesn't because only one of my co-hosts wished me a happy birthday. So (laughs) thanks, Don. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I didn't know it was your birthday. It's okay. You sent the I'm a Meniere threes, but no happy birthday request. So (laughs) he had to flex on your birthday. It's all good. Well, both of you got them and I didn't, but... Uh yes yeah celebrated the birthday thank happy you birthday, happy Thanks, birthday happy birthday happy belated birthday Joe Thanks there wealthy I don't hold it against you you know why I don't hold it against anyone because the dates are very tough to keep track of right now Yeah everything is liquid Yeah but I had a good birthday weekend uh I you know what I did I broke a pack of cards it's called breaking cards is yeah, that what yeah, it is? Yeah. yeah I finally did cracked it. open some boosters. Or do, maybe you guys don't call them boosters in that world. but No, I don't know what that is, but I cracked open <laughs> a box of cards. NBA a whole hoops. box? Yeah, NBA hoops. I went to this card store in Long Island, and I, I was it has a lot of memorabilia. The same, remember I told you guys that I went a couple months ago, and yep. I bought some cards. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, hey, give me some new basketball cards, uh, box, NBA hoops, and apparently... Do you guys know what the card to find is in all these new NBA 2020, was it, 2021? Was it Luca? No. Close. No, the rookie. No, 2021 okay. rookie. I have LaMelo. Noticed. LaMelo Ball. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. And I actually found one, but I don't know, you know, the grading and stuff like that. Maybe we get Josh Luber back on as a special yeah, uh, consultant. We, but yeah, okay. Did you have, like, white gloves on while you are doing no. it? Are we, are we sure that that thing is still a PSA 10? No, but I did see, I was starting to look at these videos, and they're mm-hmm. very calming. Is that, like, the whole thing? Is that why it's blowing up? Oh, like interesting. Like an ASMR type thing where it just soothes you? They're just super calming. Like, and, and I was like, all right, let me see. So I cracked open a box, 
And yeah, got the LaMelo Ball rookie. And someone, if anyone knows anything about cards, maybe we grade it or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. it was cool. And then, yeah, Saturday night we watched, watched Cuddy on SNL. It was a nice little chill birthday weekend. So back home in Long Island. Back yeah, back home right. in Long Island. And, and no special dinner, Joe? No. Um, no, no, no special dinner. Just we got takeout and my parents and my and my uh niece and nephew came over and my sister we had we had a cake and now you know I'm here with back with you guys so how was your weekend though <laughs> my, mine was good uh a little bit of follow-up from last week i did get my structure triaxes in the mail that we were talking about and I i'm didn't. a little disappointed yeah. you didn't get your pair yet no. from hibbit sports yeah here's the thing <clears throat> what happened if you remember our discussion last week, we were saying how we weren't sure if that was a sneaker where you could wait a little bit for it to go on sale and grab a coupon code oh, and yes. get it for 20 off. And two days after we bought them, with the help of Riley Jones, Riley, I'm not putting this on you, but uh, <laughs> multiple sites were posting coupon codes where you could get the Structured Triax 91 for $20 off or something like that. So I'm I'm happy to have them, but I'm a little, I'm a little let down that I didn't hold out to be more frugal. I was going to say, that's what we get for saying Riley Jones was the all-time assist leader. And <laughs> he, then, still is, <laughs> yeah, he still is. I don't is, know. Did course. we jump the gun? I don't know. Any big sneaker news? It's been a little quiet. What about the Nike refurbishing the sneaker oh news that came out yesterday? Oh, my God. What? Not into it? <laughs> it's It's just like it seems like a good thing on the surface, but it's like nike's like how do we expand profits by like 20 percent? it's like buy back your old shoes and sell them to you again maybe i should be as cynical as you are but i feel like it's more about recycling and reducing a carbon fiber footprint and things like that i i don't think so i think that that's what okay. they tell you but it's really about money at the end of the day does it have to do with you not wanting to ever wear no it, it, it no it's 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 just like We've reached maximum profits. How do we get the company to estimated TK billion dollars? And it's like, how about we sell the shoes again that you already okay. wore? Okay, that's your read on it. It would be it would be funny to test it out when it actually does happen and see what they are willing to accept. I mean, a lot of people are making jokes about them trying to compete with Flight Club or something like this. This is obviously not that. Nobody is going to take a pair of jordan 11s and then try and get nike to refund them and it's you know like all those coveted sneakers you just resell for resell prices anyway because nike's not going to resell them for anything other than the retail price as far as i've seen so it's, it's not anything like that but i do think it is an interesting program and new territory for nike on the housekeeping tip both of our season finales full size yes. run sneaker shopping we wrapped up season 12 of sneaker shopping with Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer, Michael Strahan, the host of Good Morning America. And you guys had a great episode with Waka Flocka. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. And now we regroup. We, we, are we going on vacation? I wouldn't I wouldn't call it on a vacation. I would We're not say going that, on vacation. The, the, no. You know, Khaled said that maybe he's island hopping. Maybe we describe <laughs> ours as a little bit of an island hop, if you know what I mean. We're not going the, on break just yet. The shows, those two that you know and love are going on break, but this Complex Sneakers podcast thing is not going anywhere. And No. Nope. Actually, let me rephrase that. It is going somewhere. It's going up. It is going up. And, but we'll uh, talk about that next week. That's all we'll say about that. But, yeah, it's been... It, as the as we look forward to the new seasons of these shows and heading into spring summer, I feel really optimistic about what the next seasons look like. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Brendan, you said that you walked past Ame Leondor once again, but refused to go inside. <laughs> yeah, why not? 
<laughs> I do need I do need their new 550s in a size five. So we'll, we'll figure that out at some point. But I don't. I still. I just. I don't know. I walk past there many a Saturday, many a Sunday, mask on, of course, and it's always such a scene. And I just. I. I don't know what I'm going to do there. You know. Okay, that's fair. I hear you. I, I, mean, I mean, it's not that I don't like their product and stuff right. like that. It just seems like now's not the right time to be mingling and I, I i just i don't know all i know is that in a, in a couple of weeks you and i you and i are gonna break some card packs well you could come too and we're gonna have some we're gonna be out of mulberry yeah manhattan specials breaking card packs maybe you do the magic card i do the nba hoops pack and and that's what i'll be there you know what it is like the, the first time you go into a store you know sometimes you walk by a store a, a lot of times and you're like i don't really know if if it makes sense for me to go in there but once you once you figure it out that first time then you feel fine you there. figure out the equation yeah I, I, again i don't have anything against i mainly under I, I, I think they have a lot of nice clothes and a lot of nice products oh that's, for sure killing it you know i had a had a wild one this weekend not not, not God, here he goes. Not really. Not the really. The king of wild. Not, the not king really. of wild. Go ahead. Yes. What, had, what happened? Went to, come on, don't back down now. Tell went us to, how wild it was. Went to dinner uh with a handful of friends on Saturday night. Decided to go to a Korean barbecue joint Amazing. in mm-hmm. New Jersey. And okay. uh as my friends are known to do, got a little too crazy with it. Ugh. Turn the turn the grill up to full uh, blast, <laughs> and uh, we ended up like smoking out the Korean barbecue joint. There was like a big funnel of uh, oh. smoke that came, and like three employees like ran over and started like freaking out that we were going to set off the smoke alarm. What are you doing? <laughs> what are did they you kick doing? you out or what? No, but I think there was subsequently a whole bottle of sake poured on the grill that. Result. To put out, to put out the f- <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't know. It's like in Benihana's, and they pour like liquor on like the grill and shoots up the flames. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm never going to dinner with you guys. It's fun time. <laughs> Joe, live a little bit. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a beautiful day outside right now. I can. It's tell so you nice. That. Did you guys get outside today? I told you I did not. But you know what? I've been watching closely, so I I was going to try and take a little walk down the block before this, but I did, I didn't manage to. But I am paying close attention because I have right on my fire escape a family of mourning doves. So yes, I've I've seen your I've seen your Twitter feed. I've been debating really chronicling this saga, but they, they built a nest about a month ago and then we saw some eggs. And so there's, there's two babies right now. Their names are John Ford and Cosmos. And we thought maybe this morning that one of them had died. Wait, you named, one of them, you named the morning doves. I mean, they're part of the family. They, they live right there on the fire escape, but good for him. One of them was missing this morning and my brother was certain that it had died, but I think maybe they're just out gathering food or something like that. So it's, it's been a real journey for me. It's, it's very, it's very, representative of springtime you know the, the the being born and the the renewal you know what i mean and are you like me where you check the out we're in that temperature zone of where hour to hour it's vastly different it's you guys crazy don't want to talk about the birds anymore we're already off that no i mean i think that was a good good blip and we'll continue <laughs> uh, we'll keep us updated yeah, week to we'll- week <laughs> definitely but i wanted to go back to your point of like it being a nice day and and you kind of planning the fire escape visit but do you check the hour to hour because we are in that, like I said, that zone of temperature where one hour is vastly different than the other. So I always look like, all right, at two o'clock, it's going to be 57. And then right. you look and, and it starts out like 45 
to, to 57. And then I try to plan the walks or going outside at the height of, uh, of, of the temperature because it's not that hot out right now, but when yeah. the sun is shining, feels great. feels great in New York city. It's a good, it's it, things are pointing in the right direction. Hopefully little, little bit of sneaker convo. I feel like maybe we could have, uh, before, before we get this all cracking a little point that I had realized this past week that I think I, I tweeted it out, but it caused quite a bit of conversation. I wanted to talk to you guys about it. No, 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 just, no, no, just, that's just a topic. I feel like it feels I like, see it, but okay. No, it, it was, it wasn't about that. It just, I want to like have like a little sneaker conversation, you know, uh, it, it. It, it feels like Adidas has had a couple pretty hot releases in the past, like few weeks. Doesn't you were it? upset when you said that? Yeah. I mean, not that it just like, it, I agree with you. So do I. I feel like Adidas has been cold for a little bit in the past like month or so. You've seen like the Bad Bunny forums went absolutely nuts. Those I was surprised. I the was Yeezy surprised. Foam Runners going that shoe, that release of that, the like the re-release or whatever, the subsequent release went crazy. And like people feel really excited for those Towie campus 420 shoes, which is Yeah, I was not expecting that. The South Park collaboration. That's not at all. Like it's gonna be a big deal. Maybe they were taken back by your tweet because it's all hype sneakers that you mentioned and that's not usually your your but, vibe no, but, but i wasn't expecting adidas to have like not not to like hate on them at all it's just like it feels like they haven't had energy in that an in, unexpected in, little run listen, yeah bad bunny bad bunny we did it for the hundredth episode and people were like who is this who is this bad bunny is a megastar he performed awesome at wrestlemania the shoes are really good i think and i'm not surprised that that partnership so far is working out great. Again, the foam runners, the black, the gray and blackish ones, right? Speckled. Yeah, yeah, the one that looks like it's like uh, acid wash or whatever. Yeah, they're great. But wealthy, another pair that I want to talk about that I really liked is those new ZXs you got? Oh, too. the overkill, overkill ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brendan got them. Joe, I got them too. Just saying. So you know. how, how are the? I'm a Minier threes in person. You know, we've seen them online, and there's been talks that it's going to be one of the sneaker of the year. It lives up in person, I'm sure, does it? Beautiful looking show. Yeah, it's definitely really nice. Um, I mean, we saw it in the, the video that we did with Tony, but like I thought like it was dope how on like the heel tab, like James put the the like the writing on the back of it that you didn't see on the you know the release photos of it. And they just rolled out some raffle information for the shoes today and kind of following up on that promise of making sure that women have access to the sneaker. There's like a women's only raffle is the first way I think they're going to release them. So really cool to see them kind of pursue that route. That w- that really was cool. Cause like when we put out all the content, it was like, people were like skeptical that he said that. And it's like, how can you do that? You know, what's, how can you actually do a woman's first raffle? And then he unveiled the plan for it. And it seems like it makes a, a lot of sense, you know? Yeah. That's great. Great initiative, great project, great product, great execution. So shouts to James and everyone at the, the Whitaker Group and Amma Minier. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, I told you guys Wealthy was excited. Let's get to today's guest. Our guest on today's podcast has built a business on accumulating one of the best sneaker collections for sale in the world. Known to travel overseas for product and stock some of the rarest sneakers, he has turned his warehouse into a -a one-of-a-kind experience for customers looking for an intimate shopping experience that focuses on properly sourced product you can't get anywhere else. For the sneakers' collectible art crowd, you'll find many in this collection that fits this mold. To get more specific, the collection boasts over 4,000 and growing pairs of sneakers that include signed PEs, one-of-ones, and even the Jordan 11's MJ-worn Space Jam. With such rare pairs comes a who's who of celebrity clientele that includes Beyonce, Drake, Jay-Z, Kylie Jenner, and most notably, Travis Scott. Chances are if you've seen La Flame in a pair of sneakers you needed to phone a friend to identify, they came from Project Blitz. We're here to talk all the eras of collectible sneakers with the owner of Project Blitz. Please welcome to the Complex Sneakers podcast, Andre Lustina, a.k.a. Croatian Style. Joe, thanks a lot, bro. That was actually a great intro, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks so much for taking the time. Your friend is very excited. I think you know. (laughs) I think you know who it is, but uh, we appreciate you chopping, chopping it up with us. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Dre, Dre, we want you to take us back. Can we can we start at the beginning? Go go for it. Let's go. Can we can we start like 1990, you know, you picking the pumps over the Jordan 5s or what was that first sneaker moment that you really remember? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them, but uh, you know, that's that's the one thing is like every authentic story because obviously we know in the whole sneaker world there's a lot of unauthenticity out there, right? But uh you know, for for myself, yeah, I was like in the sixth grade and it was like a, a big deal. So the Jordan 5 was like a whole kind of pinnacle point growing up because of that reflective tongue. It was something new. It was amazing. And I always loved 3M after that. So when the dunk started, dunk pros started coming out with, you know, the 3M all over the the uppers and whatnot. It was like it just always brought me back to that Jordan 5. And, you know, I chose the Reebok pump over it because you know, you get one one shoe a school year. Mm-hmm. I was like mowing lawns, like whatever I could kind of push, mm-hmm. kind of like silly, just kind of cleaning the neighbor's windows and whatnot, getting five bucks here and there and just kind of putting it into like having one extra shoe for the year. It was during that time and it was either kind of getting the Jordan 5 black silver or the Reebok pump that just came out. And I was like, man, look at the gimmick. And, you know, so it was kind of funny. It's like you have like the schoolyard... Um, 
showpiece and like the Reebok Punk became, you know, the little the gimmick. So it's kind of like all the girls wanted to pump your tongue up. And it was kind of like that was like the, you know, yeah. You were the man at school because you had the Reeboks on. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wanted to touch me and touch the pumps. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of funny, but <laughs> when you say it like that, but you know, it was that, that was realist. It was that was like the the Rolex of the of the schoolyard uh, during that year. After that, it kind of lost its luster. But that that Jordan Five was always something that was like, man. I needed it. And when it came back uh, in 2000, I was already st- dealing in this with sneakers and stuff. So it was, it was like a big deal for me when uh, the Jordan 5 came back out. And then I like that you definitely remember distinct stories because the Bordeaux 7 and the hoop shot story was another one a little earlier. Oh. Yeah, the hoop yeah. shot that, you, yeah. you know, you were just sinking them. Yeah. At the, what, what was yeah. that? What happened there? Okay, so you saw that 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 um yes. that little uh, video that that is like amazing. I don't know, you guys had where'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Long Island. Okay, Long Island. Did you, did you guys have Six Flags? I've never been to Six Flags in my life. Okay, we had Adventureland, which is a smaller one in Long Island, and I remember yeah. what really struck me about this story is that the small basketballs to the big one was a big difference. So tell that story. Okay. So for us, all that don't know, this was like a, a big deal. And it was, you know, there wasn't like Instagram and all this shit that you could flex on everybody and all this stuff. Literally, it was being a teenager or a young adult and being at, at Six Flags with like your crew. And being in LA, they had like, you know, the tougher guys, the gangsters and stuff. Everyone was wearing starter jackets, the Georgetown Hoyas, Bulls, this and that, Raiders especially. But one of the um, the big things was these basketballs, right? So when you go to Six Flags, they have like these smaller rims that, uh, you know, you have to have, literally have perfect shots. And to sink those, when you sink like one, then you get the little small ball and you get another, you could trade them in and get the big balls. And they were always, they were all the fa- like the dopest college team. So you had the, the Tar Heels, you had the Hoyas, you had Notre Dame, you had UCLA, all that stuff. So there's like four or five of us two of us were like a little bit better at at the game or not. And I had the Bordeaux sevens on, right. The originals from, you know, that, that year. And what was that? 92. Right. Right. So yeah, sitting there. And then there was this dude, he was, you know, this tall guy who's playing with his girl. He was like, uh, playing basketball or you could see that he was, he was like a big hooper or whatever. And he's just bricking them, bricking them. And I forgot (laughs) what it was. It was like, it was like two bucks or five bucks a shot. I can't remember exactly the, the thing. And then I came out, here's me coming up like, you know, 12 years old or whatever, 12, 13. And then like just popping them. Cause the trick, the easiest trick was doing the bank shot. Yep. Getting Blast. the bank shot in was the thing. <laughs> if you, if you, if we made it on a switch, it was kind of a joke between us, but we, literally we were the crew that all had two big balls to us each. And everyone's just looking at us like, damn, these dudes are like killing it. <laughs> so it's literally like, as if we were who had two like bust downs on each wrist, mm-hmm. the crazy sneakers, the whole thing, but it's literally just these basketballs with the college hoop and everyone's just looking. And you know, the guy, the guy that was, you know, he was going back to the guy that was bricking next to me. He's like, he looked down and that was the whole advertising campaign at the time. It was like, mm-hmm. he looked down and was like, man, it's gotta be the shoes. Really? In real life, this person said this? Like, yes. yeah, in real life, him, in right? real life. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And like, from that moment on, I was like, man, I, I just, I, I just loved it. It was, it literally was a part of me before that moment. And that just kind of like cemented in stone. When I look back, like look way back to that moment, it was literally like a calling. Like, I guess I'd end up being a part of sneakers and stuff one day. It's just like, there was always something 
from my childhood that that brought me in. There was no scene. There wasn't anything, right? Mm-hmm. It was just pure, like from TV to person to person, right? It, it, you know, and then it just translated all the way down. It's got to be the shoes. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I love that. That was like, for me, it was crazy. And Dre, in speaking of it's got to be the shoes, you said that when you first got into reselling s- sneakers, it was 1999, the Air Jordan 4. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. How did like, can you tell us that story and like how you ended up like flipping that shoe? So obviously like you're around, I, I don't know, you're probably in high school when Jordan was playing um, when he was still playing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, it, you know, it was a big deal. Everybody, they didn't care about the retros. They didn't care. There was no retros. There was a 94 retros and one, twos and threes. Nobody gave a shit at all. Like nobody cared. They were, you know, you couldn't care less about anything. That was the last colorway. It was all about who ditched class, who came in, who set foot with the new color that day, that day. Right. And so the previous colors were okay, but it was like whoever had the new one. So even when it came to like athletes that a lot of people don't know, Rod Woodson, he was a cornerback on the Steelers. He had his own shoe. The, you know, the Agassiz, the Bo Jacksons, the Dion's. Um, see, I mentioned Rob Woodson because I had those. He was my favorite player. I was a Steeler fan so all the way back. And, um, you know, that you, you just can't you don't you can't replicate that ever again. Like this was all mm-hmm. athlete driven ca- uh, campaigns. Right. And their yeah. signatures, their signature sneakers like on the West Coast. Nobody get cared about Air Force Ones. That's truth. Anybody that says, oh, yeah, I was collecting Air Force Ones through the 90s. Uh, I I don't know. You better show me some pics because. uh you know that 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 just didn't happen. It literally happened that in the two thousands when that kind of, you know, maybe it's a couple guys ninety eight, ninety nine, um, but yeah, it was all in the in the L A West Coast. It was all about the new signature shoes, the new Jordans, uh, any other player, whatever it was, right? So nobody nobody cared about those earlier retros until the point where I guess the fifteens came about. Um, it was like you know year two thousand. Oh, I'm sorry the. Uh, 15s were like 99. Um, yeah. And then the next year was the 16s, which was pretty good. But when the 14s and 15s came out, it was kind of like the last of the era. You know, like Jordan retired. Uh, he wasn't going to be wearing any new ones. It was the last shot. And then, you know, there wasn't anything really to look forward to in that level. And then that's it was the perfect timing for them to bring out something they didn't bring out before. And it was the Jordan 4. And so, like, I was in in Europe, you know, in Croatia with my mom visiting family. And, uh, I guess those came out when I came back, a good friend of mine, like growing up, Jay, he brought back a retro card from the Jordan four and was showing me that, Oh, the Jordan fives are about to come out. Didn't you always want it? And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. But then I was you know, talking about why, what's the four. And that's when I found out that they came out and I was like kind of oblivious to it. I was like, didn't really, you know, keep up, wasn't in the mall. I told you Jordan's gone. Nobody really cared anymore. Saw a picture of a 15 and I was kind of like, ah, like, I don't know what's going on here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it became, oh my God, like, yo, I got to, I'm going to start over again and be able to go way back to get the ones like I dusted, you know, dusted some beat up four when I was like a kid running around on the, the playground mm-hmm. and able to get the five again. So that's when I found eBay, Nike Talk, and every, and, you know, there was like a, the last remnants of Nike Park, which are those forums that are kind of like what Reddit are still uh, today. But these are like what 
before blogs, before social yeah. media, before anything, he connected with everyone on, um, on like Nike talk and, you know, even eBay, for example. And that's the, that's where I actually found, uh, where I had to turn to, to get a uh, Jordan four. And here I was, you know, uh, international business and finance major. And I stumbled upon a guy that has my size and he's like, Oh, I want, uh, you know, it's like 20 bucks more. And I'm like, dude, these things are like 99 plus tax. Like, what are you talking about? You really want, why was this guy won $20 more? It didn't, it didn't make sense to me. So I'm going around. Mm-hmm. I went all over the, all of, I grew up in, uh, in Hawthorne, California. Shout out to all the, everybody from the South Bay. Um, you know, all through Inglewood market street through, um, Compton, Compton indoor, which is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, I literally scoured the entire Southern California, found other sizes, didn't find mine, had to go back to the same dude. And the rest was history. And after that I said, okay, cool. Then like, I literally had to pay this guy a tip. So I didn't think about making a business out of it, but just let me buy five pairs, sell them all, make Mm. 20, 25 bucks on each. And I get, uh, get my Jordan fives for free basically. And that's what I did. So that was the original intention, just to pay for your own. Habit. That was the original intention. Get high off your own supply. So, uh, <laughs> and then, and then, you know, here we go. Then all of a sudden that worked out. And then I said, okay, cool. Let me, uh, you know, dabble in the rest of it. And through Nike, Nike talk, I met so many people, especially like in Japan. And I just started getting dunks from foot action dunks on sale that were at like full. How are you getting them? Were you just driving around to releases and just picking up as much as you could? I mean, yeah, there was there was no releases. Like there was no big lines. There was no lines until the the Jordan 11s released. That was the first mm-hmm. like line experience. I mean, well, a line is what five ten people. That doesn't really count, right? Right, right, right. You know, but uh, you know, actually, where there was a, a whole situation was the first time the Jordan 11s came out. Did you line up for them? Yeah, of course. I mean, you had to. What was that like? I had to at that point. I had camar- camaraderie already. Oh, it was yeah. crazy. I mean, it was uh, literally similar to what it was today, but on a smaller scale. Like everybody was out there for the for the Jordan Elevens because it was the first time they brought them back. It was like a, it was a huge thing. Every single color. Overnight, overnight camping. No, 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 no. It was just a early morning. Get there at eight a.m. Mm-hmm. Open up at ten type thing. Seven thirty, eight. That was like the earliest you had to do. Period. Yeah, yeah. And how many pairs were you going for at that Jordan Eleven release? Jesus, I'm trying to remember which ones. Uh, I want to say the Space Jams were first, but I could be wrong. Could have been the, I, it might have been the Concords, but uh, I think I got like ten or twenty because I, okay, because I had friends working it out too. So I, at it. that point, I was already like getting a bunch of different pairs from everywhere, and it was funny. I was going to all the hood spots. I was already trading stuff for Japan, so I was getting Brazil dunks and we Air Force mm. Ones. This is now like two thousand. 2001 getting all these like different colors from japan and and hooking up the managers and like uh it's like oh my god i never seen nothing like this and like dre i got you whatever you need (laughs) calling other managers like yo take care of this kid like you know and uh there was no one out there no one was out there picking up this stuff and i just Mm -hmm. had like this this ebay thing that started growing with like size runs of dunks and and forces and and uh you know i got into supreme seeing it in the Japanese magazines and, uh, you know, going to union LA, they were the first ones to get it. And then, uh, like commissary had it out here and Huff in San Francisco had it mm. just finding out everyone that had like Supreme getting a little bit here and there. 
meeting guys in New York and uh, Demaney, the original founder of Flight Club. Me and him of used course. to do a bunch of uh, trading. I don't know if you remember JG, uh, Joe, I think his last name was Gutierrez. We were doing a, a lot of sneak. His, his original site was Sneaker Pimp. Sneaker Pimp? I think it was. Got you, okay. Sneaker Pimp Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. So, yeah, there was a lot of different New York heads and we were just doing a bunch of, you know, trading and hooking each other up. It was like a, it was a really good time, you know, like, you know, trading, oh, let me give you 10 of these for 12 of these or something like that. It was really, it was fair. It was amazing. It was fun. You know, there was cool events back then too. Yeah. But anyway, you ended up, you, but like after that, you ended up buying up like a lot of Nike SBs. Like that's kind of, I feel like how you ended up. I wouldn't say getting your cred, but like, that's like when people were like really started to like, know, like, who's this guy Croatian style? Like, why does he have all the Nike dunks? Right. Yeah. I mean, um, that whole, that whole situation when the, when the SBs were, were about to come out, there were pictures and all this stuff. Everyone from Japan was like blowing me up. Even people that I've contacted before that would not do anything with me. Now we're, it became a whole like scenario. And, uh, I think I, I mean, no joke. There's like, there's only a certain amount of stores in Southern California, but we had the most like aggregated um, Nike SB accounts. And I was able to accumulate a good heavy amount of all of it. I mean, who knows? Maybe half, half of uh, LA at that time. It was like a big, uh, it was a big deal. And did the, did the stores care that you were buying a bunch of pairs? Like, did, did anybody bat an eyelash when you would come in and want every single pair that they had? No. I was getting them, getting them for sixty nine ninety nine. Some of them like charge ten bucks extra, seventy nine ninety nine or something like that. But literally, yeah. that's all it was. There was a, there was another place that was like, uh, I mean, th- there wasn't really anyone out there. It wasn't like there was kids lining up. So it's they were just there sitting there. There was a couple other people that are running around. That's where I met. Um, I actually met Ben Baller at one of the stores. I don't really want to name store names or whatever, but you know, mm-hmm. and everywhere I left, I always left a couple pieces behind. And, uh, you know, we just had a quick conversation in passing and then I took my, uh, my take left a few and, you know, kind of went about my day and kept, kept it going with like, uh, a van and another friend that was like going places as I was calling around. So what model was one of those early Nike SB halls that you remember like a day where you're like, you looked in the van and you're like, wow, I got a lot of these pairs, any model that sticks out. Uh, I mean, look, honestly, that first run, it was like the three, the Mulder, the Gino and the Supa. If you guys, you know, for all those that yeah. aren't too familiar, it's the white, orange, blue Knicks color was the Danny Supa. The Gino Iannucci yeah. was the, the obsidian gray with the perforated, uh, sides. Mm-hmm. And, the uh, the Mulder was the white and blue. The Reese Forbes came out like uh, a couple weeks later after that. But, um, yeah, it was those three that came out simultaneously. And so that was just a huge haul over like a couple of days, literally filled up my parents' living room. It was, uh, wow. yeah, like a, I don't know, a few hundred pairs. And it was, uh, but it was amazing because I was actually trading those things to all the big collectors in Japan. And I was getting like this, all these cool, uh, that's literally where I started building my collection from was trading these things that I paid 69 for. And the value there was like over 300 something. So I was literally mm-hmm. getting all these cool vintage Air Force Ones, original Jordans, like, you know, all these cool uh, CoJP colorways of things and just like stocking it up and filled up this walk-in closet. And that's when I 
the, I think the first photos of that was like Retro Kid hit me up and we did uh, a Soul Collector. Um, nice. Like a photo shoot with that. Dre, the most infamous picture, though, I think that you've taken over the years was your picture of the Paris dunks. Right. You right. had like yeah. you had like 30 pairs. You had said that you like cornered the market on them, maxed out your parents' credit cards to accumulate all the Paris dunks, which those shoes are almost like not invaluable at yeah, this yeah. point. But if you can get your hands on a pair, they're like 50 plus thousand dollars. Like, how did you how many right. pairs did you get and how did you get them? So, yeah, the, so the Paris was like a whole thing. I mean, we had, um, you know, they had all the other colors and they were going for 300 bucks. I remember there was a store that had Zoo Yorks in it and they were charging like 300. And I was like, dude, 300, that's crazy to pay that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Supremes came out. They were going mm-hmm. for like 300. I remember I got offered by people for like 250. I was like, man, I can't believe you're charging me, texting me 250. For the Supreme SB Dunk Low. Yeah. That's when the New York greed <laughs> happened. And like, you know, me, like me and Demaney kind of like stopped talking because I was like, man, what, what? I can't believe you're not you're not blessing me. Like, I'm, I've been blessing you. So we can laugh about it now these days. But that's that was a funny moment where I was like, man, fuck this dude. He's like shysting me. Like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, we always it like hashed it up. But it was it was just like a funny time. And and um, yeah, so I saw the, the picture of the the Paris coming out. And I was like, holy shit, this thing's going to change the game. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen as far as like any other colorway I've ever seen on a, on a sneaker. It was something new, different. It was a tr- like real artwork from an artist. Um, I was always like intrigued by art anyway. I was always following it as a kid. My dad was like, had all these Renaissance art books and all this stuff. I looked, you know, studied art in, um, in college. And to me, those were going to, those are going to, they were going to define what the next generation of like, sneaker uh value would end up being and sure enough like those are the first shoes that you know they went up on ebay for like you know seven six fifty to eight fifty and i literally unprecedented at the time unprecedented nobody wanted to buy it i got a good story about that so i ended up buying a bunch from uh from stores in paris i handled it with a couple people uh, one guy in particular that connected me with like a couple other people i took everything that they got they only got a couple pairs each all this stuff they only like issued 148 out there they were giving these shoes away at a nike party and the kids were just taking them throwing the box i mean we're talking about like early 2000 hipster frenchy kids that were into music and and partying didn't really give a shit about the shoe they would tie the lace and throw them over the Kind of like they did the Orchard Street dunks in New York. They just tied them over and threw, start throwing them on the power lines. And they're literally throwing away money, right? It's crazy. I bet you there's somebody out there in France that did that and seen them today going for like <laughs> yeah. 60 racks plus. You know, I ended up accumulating about 33 of them at one time in the beginning. And um, like you flew to Paris to get these? I can't say like everything, but like uh, there was, there was a, there was a lot of different scenarios that was going on to accumulate those. It doesn't sound like a lot in this day's market, but it was literally a third of the the ones that were out there, basically, right? Just under a third of the the market. So I pulled them. I pulled them in. I basically had a to become an authorized user on my um, on my parents' uh, credit card. It was like a big deal, and I asked them. I said, "Look, you know, I came from real blue collar, uh, yeah, immigrant Croatian family. I was born here. Whatever." Um, and so to obviously to them is like, dude, 30,000, it's a lot. 
that's that's a lot of money. Are you out of your mind? Found sneakers. Like this would this <laughs> yeah. would kill us. Yeah, they're never really too too hot of what I was doing, even though I was bringing home a bunch of cash. They thought I was selling like uh, selling drugs and all this stuff. And I said, dude, this is li- literally legal drug money. Um, and at the time, the margins were insane, so especially when you're where you're adding the Japan factor to it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it be- so I convinced them to let me use the card in full. There was like a thirty something thousand dollar limit, and uh, that's how I went and was able to buy them all. And I said, look, if I can't do something with them by the time the bill comes in, I'm gonna dump off like the collection that I've amassed. I mean, I had stock too, but I'll sell whatever I have just to keep these intact. Cause I knew these were going to be something special. It's kind of like, you don't think with your head, you think with your heart, your gut, you know, that's what, that's what I guess, you know, drives athletes and whoever to aspire for greatness. I guess that was my uh, calling was a stupid uh, Paris dunk. Right. <laughs> and what was the most expensive pair of Paris dunks that you've sold? Do you remember? Do you mind saying from that? From the original one from the original, the first one. Oh, I mean, okay. Well, I guess let me just continue continuation to that. So, um, okay. Literally, you know, I, I showed all my friends are like, man, that's crazy. That's wild that you, that you did that. They're so dope. And one of my friends who usually paid the most for shoes, um, he's my boy tan in New York and, um, funny guy. I think Matt, uh, you met him before. Um, but, uh, he asked for an 11 and a half and I said, look, I'll give it to you for what I paid. And he's like, um, he's like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I want to spend that much on, on shoes. It kind of, you know what I mean? That's that's a lot. I think whatever it was, eight fifty, let's say. And I was like, are you sure, dude? You love them, right? So, and then he's like, yeah, no, that's a lot. So I'm like, all right, man, nobody, nobody, nobody's taking them off my hands. They're like, friends or whatever. So I'm like thinking, okay, November is gone. It's December now. Um, my whole thing was to send do these under the radar and just sell, send them to Japan and put them in a consignment store over there and kind of just pop off the market at like uh 12, 1400 and kind of just go from there and make a few hundred bucks on each and see what happens. Mm. And um, all of a sudden this guy, I guess this guy flew in from France, dropped off a sizer and literally put them up for 900 each. And I was like, dude, this guy killed, killed the market. So I'm like, mm. damn, what am I going to do? It's December. Bill's about to pop off in um, in January, so I'm like, damn, I got to figure something out, and uh, and nobody was buying those, so I was like, shit. So literally, I had I had cash there, so I bought three of them, pulled those re- pulled those in, and then the other two kind of like followed, so they were gone. Nothing was on eBay. I think one more, and I bought that one. And I'm like, All right, so I every do pair something. that's going up on the market, you're taking it off the market, <laughs> taking it and off. buying it yourself, even too. though it's not, even though it's they're not selling, you're buying yes, more. Yes, yes. Okay. So okay. Now we're at the point where there's like 33, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I really dug myself a big ass grave here. You know what I mean? Like, what am yeah, I? There's no turning more. back. I'm digging. <laughs> yes, I'm digging all more. In. I'm digging so much yes. that the that the dirt's starting to fall and trickle on my head over here. You know what I mean? So. um the next point was like, all right, cool. I was kind of known for doing these like stock pick pictures on Nike talk. And I did it with like the Stussy dunks. You remember those like the brown and, uh, yeah. and the black ones? Of course. Those are like a big ones, deal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was doing a bunch of these cool like uh, shots with them. And I'm like, all right, I guess I just got to let it out there and just build some hype of this. So a friend of mine was helping me out and uh, did it outside and uh, just lined them all up. So you could see how different they were. And just put all these picks up on, on Nike talk and it became the craziest thread ever. 
and everyone was going nuts. Like, oh my God, these are so dope. These are actually sick. They're all different. How did you get so many? They look incredible, like together like that. And then I just created this eBay listing that said, basically get a price list of all the sizes and was like, okay, the first, the first pair, 1250, the next pairs, here's the price list. After this one sells, they all go up 200 each. And so it was kind of like a standstill. Is this going to work? And then all of a sudden in two days, boom, that listing goes down. It sells. The precedent uh, has now been created. And the next one goes up immediately, $200 more. Guess who calls me first? My boy in New York. Ten. Yes. Immediately. Hey, um, yep. yo, uh, he's going to laugh about this. I'm going to tell him to listen to this. Yo, have you, you still have that, um, you have the 11 half, right? Remember the one? I was like thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should just get it. I was like, oh, really? What made you change your mind there? Did you? Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I don't know. Let me let me see if I have. He's like, oh, but you didn't sell any. And I was like, oh, you must have seen the eBay list. Oh, no, no, I, I didn't see that. I was like, bro, I'm sorry, bro. I know you too well. I know you've seen that thing. So I know you, I know you saw that sale. So like, dude, I took the risk. Buy them on eBay. It is what it is. Them. If you want it, I'll get it to you for that right now. He's like, come on, bro. Like, just get me. I was like, dude, come up with a trade. Trade me something because you got a bunch of stuff. Put it together. You paid a cheap price for those. And then we'll do it at that. And hallelujah. I was there ready to give it to you, but you didn't want to take the risk. I had to take the risk. And then after that, everyone, oh, bro, oh, this and that. Even the guy that was, um, that was an interesting guy. The guy that was uh, running the the PlayStation Nike program back then. I forget his name. Start, <laughs> I believe it starts with an R. I think, I think so. I forget, I forget exactly, but, um, so this guy was just hoarding a bunch of those pairs and using them for his own, uh, own purposes. And he hit me up, was like, uh, oh, here, I want to get one. I'll give you one pair of these PlayStations or something like that. Later on, I was like, come on, bro. You got your mind. You got those for free. Figure something out. So Dre, I want to know, did you feel like right after that, that the rare sneakers were harder to get because in a way you're setting this precedent for the market of there can be a shoe that costs $1,500 that costs $1,400. Was it, was it immediately more difficult for you as a person who's engaging in this stuff? Um, no, but the game changed immediately. Cause like the next one coming out was going to be the Tokyo and the London. I forgot which one was, mm-hmm. uh, I think the Tokyo came out next, but it was very plain. It was like a blank canvas, you know, it was supposed yeah, to be- right. They had a whole event around it with all those Tarada dunks and all those different things. Something I wish I was able to to go to, but unfortunately, I uh, wasn't able to make it. But uh, then that shoe came out and it was like, uh, I think started going for uh, a thousand bucks out the gate. And then the London one was the was the third, mm. if I'm not mistaken. And that when that one uh, hit, like everybody in London was kind of going crazy because they saw what was going on with the Paris and the London, right. London came out and that one instantly went a thousand bucks plus out the gate. You know what? It was like 700 pounds or whatever it was. And then um, when it got announced that uh, they had the pigeon dunk coming out in in um, in New York, that's when mm-hmm. all the chaos happened. And that brought out everybody from all walks of life, from the hood, from, from uh, Park Ave, from upstate from Were from jersey no i wasn't there for that but i i heard how do you how do you not show up for the pigeon duck release in new york after you did the paris thing well do you think i'm gonna go fly out and i have no plug there there's like i knew there was gonna be everyone and their mom's gonna be out there right it literally yeah. was so what's the point of me going out there i was just trying to like figure out situations where i could get them off people and and uh, do some trades or whatever 
you know, that's a, gotcha. there's a point where it's like, okay, I got to work on that one remotely. Um, gotcha. And so th- that's what, that's what happened. Literally that the, the craziness that president president was set, the pricing, all the whole SB market just went up from there because now, you know, there was, there was a, a whole ceiling that all these other dunks needed, were, were able to reach. And so, um, you know, the Paris's were going for more than, than original Jordan, um, uh, you know, 85 ones. They were going for more than, mm-hmm. than any other originals, except for like the highly coveted ones at the time, like original Carmine and things like that. But, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely a defining moment in the whole uh, sneaker world. There was mad people that just came in into the selling space. Shoes now literally became a, a global commodity at that point. And Trey, and then after that, you end up starting Project Blitz, which we can see part of behind you. You know, you mentioned earlier it's kind of a a curated, uh, re- not re- well, is a resale shop, but. You're not open to the public. You do have a website, but you sell to like a very select clientele, very rare sneakers, right. which, if, you know, for those who can't see everything behind you, you know, you have like Ray Allen, Jordan 11s, What the Dunks, uh, Kobe Bryant, Air Jordan PEs and, and whatnot. How did you end up, you talked about, you know, getting those shoes, but actually being like, this is a business I'm going to get this collection of the world's rarest sneakers and sell it to the most high profile clientele. Um, uh, I, you know, I just started doing that even before in the, like the eBay days with the uh, Croatian style, you know, I was meeting tons of people in the two thousands, like uh, a friend of mine, you know, I was getting, there was like cash coming in. So I had friends I actually grew up with and they were promoting in Hollywood. I was out at, at clubs. Um, and I was always wearing these crazy sneakers and then there was just stylists and, you know, different various uh, artists or people back in the day that I was like delivering sneakers to their hotel room and stuff. And it was all word of mouth. And it all became on, you know, I just said, oh, look on eBay. Here's the link. Go check out uh, what I have on Croatian style. It's basically everything I have on there. And so do you remember the first celebrity where you showed up to your hotel room and you were like, I can't believe I'm here delivering this pair of sneakers to this person? Uh, To the actual person and not like a filter between someone else. I mean, look, you know, like DJ AM, he wasn't like big at the time, but we were always talking online and, um, and, uh, you know, DJ homicide, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I met Clark, it was kind of, it was also a, a thing. Cause you, you know, he was a big part of the, the whole sneaker scene, uh, from the beginning and music of course as well. Um, I think the most, uh, the most interesting character and very like fun and cool guy was like Greg street. He was like, you know, yeah. just randomly linking up with him at a hotel. Uh, I think Jadakiss was on the, f- I think the first rapper that actually delivered stuff <laughs> to or whatever. Weren't you, weren't you like selling like exclusive things to like Paris Hilton at the time too? Didn't you like mention that to me once? No, no, no. I think you just saw a picture online and try to like, try to play some kind of roast mode on me or whatever. That was a- <laughs> So try to roast me on something, but, uh, that was, uh, that was like at our Basel that we were like sitting at the table and they kind of joined up. It was like a Mr. Chow party. It was pretty, pretty crazy. You know, we'll we'll dig more into the clientele, but DJ AM for sometimes we have a young audience. They're not aware of how serious of a collector he was. And, And like, he was kind of, I always think about it. He was one of the first kind of in pop culture to hit the red carpet in exclusive sneakers. What, what was it like dealing with him? Uh, I mean, dude, he was like a, 
he was like a really cool, amazing guy, you know, um, it, you know, he used to be a big guy. He was funny. We used to chat on, on, uh, on, um, was it aim instant, instant messenger mm. or whatever. Um, and you know, kind of like, it was kind of like a, you know, shit talking like, Oh yeah, I got these, you got these homicide would bust out with some old stuff you found in Japan try to bust on, on me. And, you know, Ben Ball was on those, on those, uh, chats. There was, the, the, you know, there was a whole bunch of different people that were on there. You wouldn't expect that were just kind of, um, you know, there's just a camaraderie in that, in that sneaker community and whatnot. And, um, you know, and then he, he kind of started dating Nicole Richie and that's when things like really blew up for him. He was doing, mm -hmm. I mean, his DJing skills and his mixing when he was, Amazing. the guy was, you know, DJing in, in clubs in Hollywood and he, like he was mixing, um, the Kill Bill whistle with, uh, Michael Jackson and it was like Billy Jean. <laughs> And it was something, it was just like a, it was sick. Like, you never heard it before, right? Heard I heard it. it yeah. I heard like his sets, like such a moment in time, like you never heard this mixing, but yeah. And then he was one of the first who had like the knowledge and saw like the sneaker culture of what, of what it kind of is today. Yeah, but there are actually, there are kids out there, uh, even at the time, like I had a 15 year old, he came, he came up, uh, Aaron, he's like, literally was part of all our process, literally in the almost uh, the first couple years of blitz going on until now, mm. you know, he was always a big part of the team. And uh, one thing that struck me about him was this guy was like literally an old soul in a 15 year old kid. He knew he did like love DJ am for all his like DJ skills, mashup music stuff. And also he was super into dunks and like air forces that nobody even gave a shit about again at, uh, at, you know, his age. And at that time at all, like, Dunks were pretty much dead. Like nobody was really was buying them in, uh, you know, 2014, 2015. Right. And, uh, and here's this kid and he was always all about it. Um, you know, and it's, 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 it's amazing to see people from that time. And even when we did a retrospective at known gallery, that was kind of like a big deal. I honestly, I should have kept that thing up for like a month, but we only did it for three oh, days. We did a complex. Fire. We did a that big complex uh, yeah. video on that, like yes. er, early on. And I remember, like, I think it was Tamara Dia who went down to like interview you, yeah. and, like the whole the whole thing. But one of the biggest or like the craziest things about that uh, gallery was is that you had like the collection of all of the Drake Air Jordan PEs, and it kind of blew everyone's mind at the time but then you also had a personal connection to drake through uh oliver and then drake started shopping at project blitz and you were his sneaker plug or still are um yeah yeah i mean that that was a whole like i mean like i said everything everything i do and move is just purely like organic and like good energy and everything comes from something and like literally meeting oliver was from um like avi uh elon in um you know avi that does a uh, better gift shop better gift shop of yeah, course. yeah and um and uh also our boy q and so you know quinn shout out to to q out there uh in toronto but um oh shout out to q yeah yeah, yeah, q. yeah. he's he's yes. also old head out there but y q he's still he's still he's still up there so yeah i mean you know it, that that's like uh where that whole kind of that whole era happened and and like when i did this event i actually reached out to uh to drake and i was like yo is it cool if i'm doing this whole thing it's going to be like in an art gallery it's going to be like showing the, the design and everything and i want to have uh, i'll have two podiums and i want to have some of your sneakers in there if you're 
if you're down with it. And he was like totally cool with it. Wanted to like put it out there. And it was like, it was amazing. He had a whole like OVO collection, things that nobody saw, like the black and gold eights before, before they were even out there. It was the Anaconda threes, um, you know, and the, all the other ones that other people saw, but it was like a, it was dope. And to have that connection, man, that, um, that was a really good night. In fact, I'm gonna put it on you, Matt. So basically, I guess there was in that video, there was some audio that was like uh, in copyright infringement or something that was used. Are we able to oh, get, no. can we get that footage out, re-edit it, and- uh, Does the video doesn't exist online anymore? Yeah, Is that you gotta what retro this thing and put that out there again. But in the other the other crazy story you had told, you, we published it on Complex, is that when Drake was shopping at Project Blitz, he showed up with Rihanna one night and you guys had like a private like party and you said she's like popping Stella's like drinking beers like in the back of your sneaker store, which to me is insane. Dude, that literally that's like the the coolest, like literally the coolest, chill, most amazing down to earth uh, someone in that stature celeb out there, man or woman, literally Rihanna. That. Yeah, exactly. No joke. Popping, she popped a Stella like it was nothing. That was that was that was like a, a dope ass night for sure. What about AJ from the Backstreet Boys? Didn't you say you sold some sneakers to him at some yeah, point? Yeah, he he got he came in uh, one day too. That was interesting too. He cool dude, super into shoes. He was like out out in there and uh, like scouring through the through the um, you know scouring through the aisles and everything. Um, I mean, a lot of people have been in. I mean, I don't know if you know that Scotty Pippen was here a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. You had the, with the Supreme, with the Supreme up tempos, right? You had him sign him or something like that. Yeah. 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 He signed, he signed the shoes. That was, that was a cool day. And then he went on ESPN wearing the, wearing his Supreme box logo with a black blazer. I don't know if you, you remember seeing that nice. catch that thing. Yeah. So decked him out a little bit. He was psyched on that, but, uh, he's a really good dude. Like what about someone like Mark McGuire? Is that a name that I heard? Yeah. Mark McGuire. How does that, like, how did that happen? And do you think it's because it's kind of word of mouth or what? Like, I i don't know. We wouldn't consider Mark McGuire into collectible sneakers. But how do you think that came about? And what was that experience? I honestly, like? and forgive me if they're listening, I forgot the situation. But it was literally uh, at the Dodger game in the back. Somebody, somebody was working for them. And then that connection. And then he met and he's like, oh, my kids all love that. And uh, I showed him the site. He contacted me and came through and um hey he came uh he came several times most patient father he was like amazing like literally wow you know his kids were they were so i mean dude they're brought up really well they were going through they were super like happy and and uh just thrilled uh to be there and and uh dude he took care of him he was super patient that was that was really like made me happy to see you know and Dre, one of the interesting things about your store, as we're talking about, it, I want to make sure people know that it's not really a store that the public can just go into. Right. So it's in an undisclosed location. But but you, you do bring people through sometimes. Why don't you have an actual store? Or what made you decide to just have all your sneakers in this secret place somewhere? I mean, uh, no offense to a lot of my uh, good friends growing up. They, I mean, in this world, you know, I grew up with them. I helped supply their stores. Uh, there's tons of consignment stores out there. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of people I helped, I just, I thought I didn't, I didn't ever want to do consignment because I, mm -hmm. well, I wanted it to be like more of the curator. It's kind of like art. You know, you go to a gallery, you're buying art. It's still a resale. You're not, there's like different prices in buying art as well. You know, you have first tier, second tier, third tier. 
And uh, it's about your connection, whether you get it for lower or, or like you're paying higher for the same piece of art that someone else would. It's just the same thing as like uh, a resale of a, of a shoe or any other kind of uh, piece of clothing or commodity, uh, even even like Super Bowl tickets. You know, you're not paying face, you're paying uh, a premium on it because somebody's mm-hmm. getting it for you. Just like that guy on eBay had the Jordan 4s for me and I had to pay him like $25 on top. It was more of a tip. It's like, yo, this is the value you have brought for me being able to have this in my hands at the moment. And that's literally what I wanted to do was have the the emerging e-com, have that open space, you know, c- connect the world through the through the the internet, but also have the allure of this, you know, incognito, where is this place located type situation in LA that would have uh, you know, people coming from different parts of the world and like, Oh, I need to go there. How do I get there? Uh, connect me with this guy, connect me with them, connect me with blitz. I want to go to this place. What is that sneaker warehouse? What is this? So mm-hmm. that's the, that's the kind of allure because nobody was doing that. There wasn't anything like that, um, out there really. So that had, that had an e-com attached. Obviously there was, there's definitely like different weird scenarios in in New York and, and things like that but there there wasn't anyone that was really like out there and kind of putting the product together like we were you know dre you uh i think one of the you've gone through all these levels of reselling you know through the years but i think one of the things that for the viewers who don't know and i know joe mentioned it briefly early on but i think that you know you are your love of sb has kind of helped uh, transform Nike SB and bring it back to a certain extent. Obviously, you know, you had the, we don't need to go too far into it, but you had like the ramp at complex con that portrayed all the Nike SB stuff. But then you also had, you know, a close connection with chase B, which ended up leading to Travis shopping at your store. And you were outfitting him with Paris dunks, what dunks, all the dunks. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty much and you kind of really brought the hype back to to nike sb so like how did that happen where you were the person that was like outfitting travis and kylie jenner with the with the sbs of yesteryear and making them hot now um i mean look if you you've known me a long time i've kind of always played the 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 modest role with a lot of things but i would i'll be glad to say i was definitely a big part of this shit like definitely a big part of like uh, the whole SB thing coming back. I mean, this was uh, this was like a whole plan because Nikki Diamonds, good friend of mine, mm-hmm. Shea, owner of uh, Diamond Supply. So um, I was in Japan, and you know he wanted to get into ComplexCon, and we we're thinking of a way to doing something together, similar to what I did with um, Jason Mark, but trying to do something different. And I was walking up these stairs uh, to some drinking spot in Tokyo. I forget where it was, somewhere in Shibuya. But I was walking up and there was like these, there were clear stairs. And when I got up to the top, it just kind of hit me. And I'm like, dude, I need to do a clear skate ramp with all these sneakers in it. And, um, and I thought, oh shit, what year is it? It's like an anniversary year. It was something like, was it the uh, 15th anniversary mm-hmm. that year? Mm-hmm. And so I called Nick there, like literally called him up while I was in Tokyo. I was like, bro, I got the whole idea. We're going to do this clear skate ramp with all the dunks in it. And we're going to have people skating on it. Let's give a call to Nike, try to get them on board. 
and see what happens. The guys at SB were super down. They wanted to do this. It, it, it was going to be like incredible. And for me, it was going to be amazing because of, like I could actually do what I did and do something with, uh, with the brand that I always wanted to do is create this incredible energy. It wasn't about like, you know, selling stuff and making money off. It was literally just making like impact. And, um, and so uh, for whatever reason, we couldn't, we couldn't get that, uh, that partnership done. I think it was because, uh, there was energy and, and other things and nobody believed in the dunk at the time. So, uh, but we did and I did. And so, uh, yeah, we put it together, got, uh, Casey involved. He got retina in, created a whole, uh, charity out of it. And, uh, we put it, uh, made it mostly about like the, the diamond dunk, which is still to me, even though I love the Paris that like that diamond dunk was the most iconic dunk that, that came out because it literally brought so many people in from outside of outside of uh, like skateboarding, outside of sneakerheads, you know, every girl wanted that shoe, you know, every guy like wanted to get it for his girl and himself. And like, these are Jordan heads and all this stuff, people that, you know, the, the pigeon thing was one thing in New York, right? But those people were out there for a meal ticket. They just wanted that quick. It was like a lottery ticket, right? You just, whoever gets the, the shoes gets an instant thousand bucks. This one, people are willing to pay for to get, everyone wanted it to wear. And so that to me made it the most like iconic, um, SB out of it. And luckily I had a ton of them. And so we made these, these like little, um, like spires at the top that, that extended the height of the, of the ramp, you know, it was a 30 foot wide, uh, mm. ramp. And then we put these, like those, those, uh, top pillars on it and filled it all with like diamond lows and, and the highs. And it was like, um, it was literally insane. I mean, I don't even have, I kept trying to find all the pics of it, but we had like six pairs of floms in it. I had like 10 mm -hmm. pairs of Paris dunks in it, like all lined up, like literally the ends of these things were uh, like million dollars each. Now at the time, the value of the ramp was like a million dollars and nobody really even could, they couldn't even grasp that fact that there was a million dollars of, of dunks and, and some blazers and whatnot, but SBs inside of that ramp that today is now worth, I mean, dude, probably like way more than four, yeah. like 4 million yeah. now. So from that moment on, it was like G easy Wale. They were, they were sitting on the ramp. I saw yep. a picture of that. We're all sitting together, like mm -hmm. rapping about, about like, um, you know, the dunks and Wale was literally there. He was, I believe he was on Nike talk back in the day too. Yeah. You know, he's talking about dunks. G easy knew them all. Um, and, uh, it just, it started happening where, you know, we started selling, all these shoes to all these guys, uh, even DJ mustard, you know, you know, he mustard wanted dunks. Um, uh, you know, Ian Connor, Rocky, uh, Bari, there, there was a lot of people who just wanted, uh, dunks. There's plenty more, uh, Travis came in, but it was literally, uh, one point cause he didn't get any of those, the heavy ones yet. And, and, uh, you know, he had the conversation. He's just like, yo, do you think I could bring the dunk back? And, and, you know, whether that was talked about with his uh, team and whatnot, but I was like, bro, you are the guy. He was like, what? So what? you're saying Travis had he the idea that. to bring the dunk back? Like he, it bro, was a plan in his head? When I saw that, that they said nobody, I, I forgot who wrote that. I said, no one, there's no one else to, there's no one Nike can thank but Virgil Abloh for the off-white dunk to bring the dunk back. Like, what are you talking about? That person has no clue. Literally the guy that made it all 
blow up was was Travis. And he said it to you. He said, "Do you think I could bring the dunk back?" Those he said words, he wanted he said to bring to the you. dunk back. Do you think I could I could wow. bring these back? Like that was huge. And I was like, "Hell yeah!" If there's anybody, Let's go. <laughs> if, if there's anybody, it's you. Plus, he knew like he knew his stuff. You know what I mean? You just didn't. Yeah. And um and that was big. Like that that just showed that um you know there was a new king to the throne of of like style and and um and fashion. It was you know Kanye got dethroned. It was now Travis at that point. You know what I mean? Like the Yeezys is still insane. They still sell. But as far as wh- who uh, what someone is wearing, it's now Travis. Dre, you mentioned wanting to work with Nike SB on that project, and I know it didn't pan out. Do you have an idea over the years, like how Nike feels about you specifically or how they feel about resellers? Because people always want to debate whether or not Nike likes resellers. Does Nike ever reach out to you or have they like, how'd you get this shoe? Yeah, yeah. There was a couple of things. There was a couple of emails when the Paris's came out and uh, there was a couple. um, But, you know, I've had um, loaned out sneakers to Nike for for displays and events and I had a lot of good friends there that, you know, they sent me stuff because they knew I would wear it. And then you knew I would like uh literally, you know, promote it. Like I was I was in clubs, I was at events, I was flying all over the world, you know, going to the Masters in Augusta with my boy Sevi. I was going to uh, that guy. Sorry, sorry. That guy that when you came to the office, this guy was like, do you want to go to the Masters? And I was like, no one gets to go. Sevi, I guess yeah. I met yeah, him yeah, with yeah. you. He's like, no one gets. I was like, no one gets to go to the Masters. He's like, I could get you to the Masters. That's so funny and yeah, random. Yeah. You bring it up. And I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. But the Masters was last weekend. But sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. It's a- I got to go there. I got to go to Sevi. The- <laughs> yeah, I got to go to Blitz first and then the exactly, Masters. Exactly. OK, let's figure yes. that out first. Yes. Right? I've heard that a hundred times. <laughs> Like, yeah, yes. I'm gonna stop by. I was gonna stop by. And it's like, yo, my bad. Yes. This guy's going to get hot dogs out here instead of coming over here. It's like, come on, bro. But forgot about yo, that. Sorry. You know, and, and that was like cool because like that's where you know you're seeding you're seeding stuff to people. It's like, okay, cool. You give somebody big, big, huge mega Instagram following that's posting all day long and worrying about their captions. But like it's yeah. one thing to get it's people that are backstage in uh at festivals, going out in the middle of thing, having people actually see them on foot in places. Man, that was me. So, I mean, God bless those people that actually like, you know, got me pairs of things. The best thing I got recently was the all white, the white uh, master Air Max one, which is from Nike, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah which is worth, you know, 15,000, 20,000 wow. brand new, like dead stock. So do you think, but do you think that Nike in general does or doesn't like resellers? Do you think they care? Um, I think that there's definitely the higher ups and people that must know that the reason why the product sells itself in general is not because of the story behind the sneakers anymore. That's what it was, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, but literally now these days, it's literally what the value is and perceived value is. It's an unfortunate situation, but if you're able to understand that, that, uh, formula, it's, you know, it's much, it's much better to, to understand, like, how do you distribute, you know, product everywhere? Like people that are going crazy for stuff are literally seeing what it's worth and then they decide on if they want it or not. It's kind of sad because it's not like what how we used to um, choose what we want to um, buy for ourselves and wear and whatnot. You know, there's not everyone that's a Matt Welty that's wearing every obscure Adidas out there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're always wearing like, you know, the cool ones or the Yeezys or, or whatnot. This guy's always pumping those. I guarantee you there's definitely a few people out there maybe five in America 
that actually follow this man <laughs> and actually like, bust those. And they bust oh, all his amazing yeah. sneakers. Wait, wait, I'm not even making jokes. Why is everyone laughing? So, <laughs> but, but you understand there's, there's always somebody out there. And it's like, if, if, you know, kids had their own um, style, we're able to look at people's like, okay, cool. Be out there and make your own, find something that you really like and run with it. Instead of like, oh, it's worth this much. Like, let me flex. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I much rather um, appreciate someone's collection like uh, Air Mag, uh, um, Afro Kicks, and all the, mm-hmm. the those guys. Sorry for everyone else I just didn't mention, but um, you know, you got a bunch of like GRs and cool stuff all in 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 the mix. But it, your your collection tells a long story. It tells a story, and you put as much in as you could afford. And you know, I wouldn't have a collection today if i if i didn't have uh if i wasn't part of that industry like straight up i'd probably i would definitely right. be wearing sneakers but i wouldn't be able to have all these back here unless i was like uh moving kilos out of columbia or something you know what i mean which like, you weren't just to be clear uh yeah which i i i wasn't yeah sure, okay. speaking of speaking <laughs> of stories speaking of stories i can't not bring this story up that you told me because i think it's one of the craziest i mean you've told a lot of crazy stories yeah during this uh thing but i think one of the crazier stories that you told me is that a very pregnant beyonce and jay-z show up to project blitz and she can't tie her shoes so she buys nike adapts from you and then jay-z bought like the new balance 1300s because emory jones put them on you like tell that story like oh okay okay how the hell that happened um yeah man so that's obviously through like uh like upscale vando mike uh shout out to mike Mike, man good good friend of mine he introduced me to to emory at like agenda years ago and we always kept in in touch and uh, emory was always wanted to come through and check out some old air maxes and whatnot and uh finally just a call happened i was actually on my way to a meeting in hollywood so i'm like halfway there and i got the call like yo they're they're on the way they're coming down i'm like wait what so i had to like flip a u-turn cancel that cancel that meeting and call everybody say yo clean up like you know you know get yourself together and make the sure, floor yeah you know, make sure make sure everything's good um the funny thing is uh yeah i'll tell you that in a second but i actually ran into jay at um on melrose at sporty la in 2001 and i was with a Ooh. friend of mine he was just in there and um it was uh it was kind of cool he was he didn't really remember because i brought it up to him i was like bro i met you in the the thing and we talked about the wu-tang dunk that was kind of like a it was like a quick little thing sporty i think that was like year 2000 2001 one of those two but um yeah Yeah. so anyway so he came in and um yeah they were buying all these shoes like b was was pregnant sweetest one of the sweetest like uh women i've ever met too super cool like their whole they had a whole you know team there of people and uh, we were showing them the hyper adapts because around the time that those came out, and uh, and she was like, "Okay, look, tr- you know, try them on." And they just kind of, you know, it's the black ones. And when she put them on, it kind of it just became a whole thing. And she was like, "Oh, these are amazing! I'm getting these." And then she bought a get a bunch of gifts for a lot of people. And then, um, yeah, so I got I sold the, um, you know, the Coco Air Force ones, the originals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. talking about no, no, I'm sorry. No, the 1996, the snake, the ivory, ivory snake. snake skin. Yeah. Ivory snake skin. Thank yeah, you. There you Thank go. you, Brendan. You're a, you're a, an icon for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the 1996s. Um, 
and uh, he wore them to the Clipper game that night. I didn't want to take pics. Oh yeah, he wore those. He wore those courtside. I, I really wasn't the guy that was like, oh yeah, let's take pics of all this stuff and all these people and all, all that. It's like, yo, have your thing, do your time, and if there ever pics kind of happen out of it, let it be organic, you know. And so. I, I, I got to do one quick aside. I, I love your restraint on that because I hate when you buy a pair of shoes from somebody and then they go tell on you like, yo, this person just bought them for me. Like, don't worry about where I got them. I got them. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah, let's yeah. get back to Beyonce. Yeah. So and then he wore he wore that uh, at the Clipper game. I think we actually kind of did repost that picture of that because it was kind of funny. And then, you know, yeah, your boy course. PG knows quickly put up a, a pair for like some crazy ass numbers, like 15, 15,000. <laughs> Sure. and then uh yeah it was, it was amazing it was it was great i kind of laughed i was like yo you saw that you saw that and then uh he's like yeah 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 yeah, whatever but that was like a that was a funny uh day anyways going back to the new balance that was kind of like a big one so i mean emery pulled those eyes like yo you know what these are to, to jay and it was like a it was a big deal and i was shocked to see but i guess there was a whole dmv story to him or or like yeah. um yeah it was a, kind of like a it was a cool moment so they both bought those pair of those new balance uh 1300 jps it was like uh yeah it was it was cool dre for your for someone like travis when we see kind of these old dunks still going up are you constant in constant communication with the clientele of like i think you need these or they're like do you have anything what's it like the product sourcing now for those type of real collectors okay well you know there's like the new age collectors cannabis industry guys and all this stuff and so they, they the same guys that were coming in for uh box logos and yeezys turned into box logos and off-white and then they're coming in looking for chrome and dunks so it's okay. it's uh you know those all those type of collectors is kind of like okay whatever is hot in the moment so that's kind of also what drives drives everything up too so because of the scarcity of of you know everybody dusted dunks those sbs and stuff back in the day so finding de <clears throat> dead stock ones there's not so much out there hundreds or a thousand or two pairs if that of some of those early ones that are out there available still you know and so uh kind of everybody kind of knows their move already they're already learning before they even come in and they you know, sometimes they get surprised by a few crazy pieces here and there yeah i mean you know as far as like telling people what's hot anymore um there's there's people out there that are kind of like listening but there's other people that already have their whole idea set and that's usually based on what's hot at the moment and how much it's going for so everyone will come in and be like oh let me get that paris for 40 when they didn't even want to pay 30 before when they didn't even want to pay 20 before. And now they're kind of mm -hmm. like, okay, uh, let me get it at this point now. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, just I, like tan back in the day, just like tan <laughs> yeah. back in the day, put it back as a, to him, you know, but, uh, yeah, that's the, you know, that's the, the interesting part. I mean, you know, and I got, um, I got a lot of guys, uh, on it. Um, and that, you know, a lot of guys are also part of, of blitz themselves, like easy buster, for example, if you, if you ask him, he was, he was, um, you know, a lot of guy, kids and stuff for, that grew up in, in the uh, whatever, like 2015, 14, you know, no one cared about dunks. They're off everybody's radar. There's nobody that was doing YouTube or whatever that was putting up SBs and dunks at the time, except yeah. our boy Frenelations. But um, that, that's the one. That's the one because yeah. we had done we had done the story when Kylie had broken out the doom dunks. Yeah. And like it was like a six and a half. Yeah. And I would and I think I had 
spoken to Fran and Fran was like, those are my shoes. Yeah. And like Fran sold those sneakers to you. And then you sold them to Kylie Jenner because yeah. Travis had put out the ask for you to get those. Is that like how that worked? Yeah. I got requested to, to, uh, to pick those up, find them and, and, uh, do that. And that's what I meant. Is there a running, is there a running list? Is there a list still of shoes that you were, that people are looking for you to get for them? Um, yeah, there's, uh, but a lot of times, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of people don't want certain things to be said or told, you know? So like, yeah, you know, sometimes when there's a story that can be said, like, yeah, you know, it's done. There's certain, some Got things it. that parts of it that shouldn't be said and there's other things that can be said but yeah it's definitely the to be sold his not shoes told. definitely ended up on on her feet right to be sold not told dre dunn touched on it but at the beginning of this you were like you know I'm, i may start posting more what's the balance for you being behind the scenes and supplying sneakers and making sure the word gets out that these rare pairs are coming from project bliss is it something that you think that now in 2021 you have to do more of or what um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I mentioned, uh, Yeezy Buster, he's actually, um, on board completely as like a, a director of our marketing. Um, he's actually a really amazing dude, really intelligent, really good kid. Not, not, not fake, super authentic with everything. And that's what I, that's actually what I, uh, live by is to have really good, authentic people that aren't totally nuts and like full of themselves um, you know, around me and, and literally a part of, uh, the brand. And, uh, that's literally the new, the, the whole situation, why we're going to go the direction we're going, there's going to be a huge evolution, even the way that, uh, product is coming in, even the way the product is being sold. I, I can, can't really touch on that right now, but, um, uh, we're definitely trying to get more eyes on the site and it's literally not just going to be a, uh, um, an online situation or not public anymore. We're, we're going to be opening up uh, the store that, you know, the pandemic has literally um, caused in, you know, some issues why we haven't been able to open it yet, but it's going to be on La Brea in, uh, in Hollywood. So wow. can't wait for that. Awesome. Yeah. Actually inviting you guys, you know, you can uh, hopefully we'll have a, a full size run episode in the new store and a sneaker shopping. Cause there's yeah. a whole, yes. It, I mean, we'll make the trip. It's something that you'll never see. And I mean, that's why I think that because of who you guys are and what you guys bring to the whole industry and community, you need to come see this because this is like raw. Well, this is, you don't, you don't get to see that anywhere. This is not like corporate money pumped into a place and like, you know, creating some sort of like a uh, situation, uh, like what it is, wall to wall sneakers, which by the way, um, I actually want to ask you a question. So when you saw like wall to wall sneakers, um, flight club was the first one that kind of did that. Right. Right. The floor to ceiling. You know where that came from? You should, you should ask, uh, D that question. Dre, you gave him the idea. Well, he came to, he came to the gallery that known gallery on Fairfax for retrospective. And he's like, Dre. And that's where we really started talking. Cause he came in physically came right up to me and said, Dre, you gave me the idea for all, like all the stores. Like, this is beautiful. It's amazing. And that's when we like reconnected. And so that's why you see Flight Club look the way it did after that moment, 2016, because uh, this was November 15. So like shortly after that, they redid the the whole look and it became what it was today. And then now you see all the other stores, like the ones popping up on Melrose Stadium, everyone doing the, the wall to wall sneakers, whether it was long or high. 
it all came from retrospective. I'd love to hear oh. those Demaney stories too, because he's such an elusive figure. I'll take that on my yeah. uh, on my lapel. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that on my lapel. <laughs> Dre, I got one more for you. I mean, over the years, you've bought and sold everything. You've had every sneaker in some form or another. Is is there any sneaker that you wouldn't sell that's in your personal collection that you would always want to have for sentimental purposes? Oh man, we have a running joke over here with like the guys at the warehouse. One of the longtime guys, Damien, he always uh, busted on me like, oh, it's close to your heart. You don't want to let something go. And I get pissed off. And it's like somebody, I was like, dude, you sold my uh, whatever it was, you know? Um, but there are a few things that I kind of don't ever want to sell. But I think, you know, for the right price, like, you know, everyone has to, unless you're like raking in millions uh, a year, like uh, everything may have a price one day, but literally if there was like three shoes I never had to sell, it would be one, the, the Paris dunk that I, I have dead stock that I kept in my collection aside from all the other ones, because it was like literally the pair that had the most color all over the, all over it. And it looked, it had the best placement of images and everything of all the 10 and a halves. So that being one, uh, right behind me, if you can take a look that, uh, the PE Kobe eight that he wore, game worn i mean uh i guess it can be you know i kind of looked up zoomed in on pictures and like the the actual like wrinkles and creases on it kind of matched up to the one that he was playing in the game where he was lifting jordan up so i mean the fact that kobe passed i mean be me being from la me being a laker fan uh you know that's something i would never i never would hope to have to come to the point where i, I would have to sell it um but yeah, I think those are pretty much like the uh, the untouchables, and the third one being uh, the Space Jam uh, Jordan Elevens, one that he wore in the movie. But I I think that that one uh, we'll see. We'll just, you got to retire just, uh, off of that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Dre, obviously we could uh, keep going, and we probably will down the road. I uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time, and we'll definitely definitely see you soon thanks for so much for chopping it up with us dude always a pleasure with um with all you guys joe brendan yeah. matt hopefully see you soon and uh hopefully in la and you know come check out the spot finally thank you Jay. <laughs> we appreciate Absolutely. it take care man thank all you right, guys peace our producer is dave matthews our associate producer is jasmine plata sound engineering done by kyle garvey special thanks to jennifer stewart and shiva bayette the complex sneakers podcast is a production of the complex podcast network planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 